Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 32nd episode of Bridging Extinction. This week, we're finishing out our third part of the Cultivating Connection Through Creativity. This week, I talked with Nick Lipson. We talked about a lot of cool stuff um, in regards to art and queer issues, which is perfect because we are kicking off um, Pride Month as well as Orca Month. So basically, June is like the best month of the year, despite it being Gemini season we're thriving um but i hope you guys are all doing well we're in like weird strange times and my heart is is with all of you i hope you guys are all doing okay i hope that nick and i are able to bring a smile to your face this week um and that you guys are all holding up okay so hope you guys enjoy this bye Listen, um, I am currently an EMT working in Philadelphia. Um, in college, I studied uh, marine biology, creative writing, and film. Um, I was the part of the five college marine and coastal science certificate program um, with the five colleges of Hampshire College, Amherst College, Mount Holyoke, Smith, and UMass. And uh, that's mainly where I did my studies uh, on marine invertebrates and all those cool little organisms. Um, And uh, I'm still actively working as an artist. I was going to have a gallery show for um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch uh, this spring, but you know, the Lady Rona had other plans. She did, indeed, yes. That's really cool. Um, what parked your spash? Uh, what sparked your passion for marine biology? Um, so part of my childhood was spent growing up in Southern California. Um, I grew, like spent a lot of time in San Diego, and um, being near the ocean, going to Scripps Aquarium, definitely mm-hmm. seeing uh, all of the like sea dragons and like. Um, I, that's where I first saw a cuttlefish, which is my favorite animal. Um, yeah, I think just like interacting with the ocean and getting to see like tide pools and stuff like that and just like being super curious, like what's this weird colorful thing? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's super awesome. I love cuttlefish too. Um, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about cuttlefish? Because this is a whale podcast, so I don't know how much they know about cuttlefish. <laughs> Uh, those, those mammal, those mammal lovers. Uh, (laughs) Um, cuttlefish are, uh, they're a type of mollusk, um, that where their shell actually is inside of them. Um, so they're in the class cephalopods. So they're cousins of octopi or octopuses actually is like the correct term, but you know, whatever. (laughs) And, um, yeah, they're they're just really <laughs> really amazing creatures. There's like over 150 species of them. Um, they're all over the world except for in North American waters, which is super sad because mm-hmm. uh, like I want to go see them for sure. Um, and they do this really awesome thing where they can camouflage their skin mm-hmm. um, with chromatophores, um, and they have like different layers of this muscle, these like cellular muscles that um, expand and contract in milliseconds to change the, their skin color to their surroundings so they can blend in with their surroundings. Um, they also can change the texture of their skin. So it's not like a chameleon where it like slowly, it's like an, an instant.
incredible to watch. It's just super good. It's a whole rave in a very tiny, small, tentacled creature. Yeah. Oh, they're so cool. I love cuttlefish too. I saw flamboyant cuttlefish when I was at Epcot in Orlando once. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> like my, luckily my friend was like very supportive of my like love of animals. And I think we sat in front of the cuttlefish for at least an hour and just watched them. Like, oh, thank God. They were we love a small, tiny gay. Like, we do love a small, tiny gay. They are. Yes. Um, and then I think I saw one in the wild when I was in Indonesia, I came across one and like, th that's my, yeah, that's like They're my, so small. That's amazing that you were like, I'm looking for this small, tiny flamboyant. So like, it's funny because I wasn't looking for it because I was like, there's no way. And it just like swam yeah. across like my fa my goggles. And I was like, what, like, what are you, like, it was great. It was amazing. But yeah, cuttlefish are so cool. Those are my favorite out of like, that's my favorite invert of all times is a cuttlefish. Like, cause they're a so smart and colorful. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, cool. So tell us about your coloring book. So you have a marine science coloring book um, called the, oh, I forgot the name of it. What is it called again? It's called the fluidity of fish. The fluidity of fish. Uh, we, we love, we love it. Yes. It's <laughs> um, super cute. So I, I think that, um, you know, a lot, so I'm trans and um, a lot of like, I grew up in the Bible Belt and a lot of like, like arguments that folks have against like being trans or being queer, being gay, that um, it's not natural. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, ocean, the ocean is teeming with uh, species that change their sex, that change mm -hmm. their gender presentation, um, maybe not in like a, a human cultural way, but mm -hmm. in ways that um, do reflect culturally for those species. And it's, there's such an abundance of species that participate in all different types of forms that like like angelfish uh, most angelfish are uh hermaphroditic um a lot of invertebrates are tons of like a quarter of coral reef fish um can change their sex so it's you know it's actually really common and it's not taught in schools um which is a shame because i feel like if more people and more kids, um, you know, this is the scary propaganda thing, I guess, is that like, oh, I want the kids to know, but I think it's like we actually taught people um, at a younger age that it was natural to be like this. There wouldn't be as much shame, there wouldn't be as much fear um, or like ignorance about um, uh, the LGBT community, so. Yeah, yeah, I think that's super vital. I mean, like, I remember finding out about like there's there's a lot of animals that participate in like homosexuality and um, the whole like hermaphrodism and, and being able to change sexes, which is really amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Unfortunately, I think the public school system in certain parts of the country is it's just not rooted in facts. Unfortunately, it, it is rooted in, in Bible stuff. Like I grew up in Ohio, so I know exactly what you're talking about with like, Oh my God, we're in Ohio. Um, right outside of Columbus. Oh my god, I just lived in Columbus for a year. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Westerville. Do you know where Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I know where you're from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I live in uh right near like Frat Row, basically. Okay. Uh, like yeah. Pierogi Mountain Central. Okay, <laughs> very nice. Yeah. yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like it's while technically it is a public school system, there are like religious values that are 
placed in the schools. Like, I, I grew up with that. I know exactly what you're talking about. But, you know, I think that definitely could be helpful for people. So I'm kind of curious, because I'm also a queer person as well. Um, what has being queer taught you about science and the ocean and maybe just like how to live, I guess? Uh, those are some big questions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm definitely like gay for fish. Like, yes, I love that. I'm gay for whales. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that like, uh, yeah, I, th I think that um, like there's something just like really calming that going back to the ocean uh, has like, it always calms me. It always centers me. Um, I think growing up, like, queer, um, I, like, once, uh, so I found out about, like, cuttlefish cross-dressing um, in high school, mm -hmm. and that was, like, one of those big, like, narrative moments where I was, like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, and I think just, like, the more and more that I find out about, like, um, like, uh, the term hermaphrodite, like hermaphroditic is okay in science terminology, but it's not super, it's not acceptable as like a word to use for humans. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge problem. There's a lot of like crossover like that where science is like not keeping up with like culturally accepted terms or science is being strongly influenced by uh, the systems that are paying for research. And so research can be like, it's very gendered language for beings that aren't gendered or like trying to explain like homosexuality in fish when it's just like, maybe they just want to, maybe they just want to, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm, is cussing okay on this podcast? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's fine. I actually have like a, I'm okay. personally okay with cussing, but just in case like a kid were to listen to this, like, Okay. So, but it's totally cool. fine. Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> I, I I forgot to ask like what the, what the rules are. No, it's okay. Anything are. goes. I'm I'm not a fan of censorship and like also like I feel like people should just be the, who they are and whatever. So I cool. be more truthful. Speak your truth. That's all. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I think that like um, that's like very discouraging and like a lot of like especially like with how. Um, like you can, it can be seen in like how like mental health has researched like mm -hmm. homosexuality and um, being transgender is like both of them like being homosexual was considered a mental illness until pretty recently. Being mm -hmm. transgender is still like you have to get diagnosed as gender with gender dysphoria to get any kind of like um, like surgeries or um, like uh, medication towards mm -hmm. transitioning that like. So you have to be diagnosed with a mental illness, even if like, it's not something, you know, that, that's just like really complicated. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that uh, those ideas, you know, like science isn't created in a vacuum, art isn't created in a vacuum. It's all like being influenced by our culture and um, the people who are doing the research are, are mostly like white cis men still. And because um, the scientific community is still pretty gatekeepy and like hard to get into, um, you have to be able to pay for the amount of college and like you have to be able to like, uh, like sit through <laughs> classes of endless rhetoric that like might be denying your existence. Um, and so that's like, uh, I think that I 
<laughs> I've been trying to answer like all three questions yeah. at the same time. I'm kind of all over the place, but like I think that find the more I find out about just like how many, just like the vast amount that a we don't know. So it's weird that we're saying that we know things. I and, I feel you on that for sure. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. and then like the like that what we do know is that like there are plenty of like queer fish, mm-hmm. and like it's weird that there's been studies done that are like plastics are changing fish to be trans and it's like but there already are tons of like intersex and trans fish like you know like they're already it's like weird that those are the ones that like people know about whereas like there's plenty of like clownfish are a great example Mm -hmm. um and i can go deep into why nemo is wrong at some point yeah (laughs) like that's like really funny i i haven't heard that that the plastics are are making the fish trans i mean that doesn't make any sense like we're surrounded by plastic so if plastic equaled becoming transgender like wouldn't we all be transgender like <laughs> i mean like i'm hot plastic garbage um but like it's, that didn't make me trans <laughs> it's like, just another part of it you know, i didn't like chewing on poly pockets as a kid isn't why i'm trans like you know <laughs> every single like glitter piece that i've ever put on my body doesn't make it adds to me being trans exactly yes that's hilarious I do think you touched on some really important things. So like in this podcast, like I've kind of tried, I want to be as inclusive as possible. And, you know, one of the biggest things, uh, gatekeepers, I would say is like that financial piece. And like, you totally touched on that. And that's, it's interesting. Cause like when I talk to people who have been through that, obviously they get it. Like that's where I came from. Like, you know, I worked two or three jobs every semester in college and I didn't have a car. There was literally a summer that I, I took a bus to and from work for two hours each way because I was like, I'm going to get this marine science job. I'm going to do it and like whatever. But like people don't understand oh, the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I relate to that. <laughs> and it's like, it's not as easy. And then a lot of times, like I personally felt looked down upon by people who were able to participate in REUs and un- other unpaid internships and things like that because like they just could afford to and like you know it normally wasn't people from my school because my school was liberal arts and they taught you better but now that I'm out in the real world I'm seeing that like most people are ignorant to these issues and it's so important and there's so many talented people who are kept out of this field for arbitrary reasons um and I have an episode coming up I'm going to talk to um some people of color about like race in this field because I'm sure in the marine science field you've seen that there's like zero people of color like yeah yeah so it's like how do we how do we kind of even that playing field but there's still people that like I'll try to explain to them I'll be like hey like this this is the role that like money plays in this like you need to like be a little bit more understanding of that and like some people just aren't they just like they can't conceptualize it so I think it's important that you brought that up that like yeah there's still gender problems there's still race there's like all of these cultural issues that affect so many other facets of life absolutely play into this as well you know um oh yeah and like the thing is marine science isn't like a super lucrative thing to get into mm -hmm. because people want to supply science with like like different research and grants with money that make them feel good mm-hmm. and like marine science is constantly like everything's going horribly <laughs> like, 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 like that's just kind of how like a lot of marine conservation is it's like wow we're like you know drudging up like 
miles upon miles upon miles of our oceans every day and we're never like it's going to take hundreds of years to be able to like fix the ocean floor like but just like sheer numbers of like to keep that in mind just like um it's exhausting um, and so a lot of people also don't want to donate to funds um and there's not as many like big charismatic megafauna mm-hmm. i mean killer whales are one and mm-hmm. so that's really exciting that you're getting people like to you know everyone like thinks of shamu and thinks yeah. of like the plight of shamu mm-hmm. and like sea world and all that and so like that's like something that like a lot of people can get behind Mm -hmm. and I'm guessing that's where a lot of your like podcast support is coming from. Yeah, Um, it definitely is. Colleen Weiler (laughs) joked that the whales are the gateway drug to the rest of the, to the rest of the marine science community. But I mean, you're totally like, there's so many cool animals under there that people just don't know. And I think, you know, us as marine science people, we can show them and we can get excited, but you're totally right. There is a lot of really depressing stuff in this field and it's easy to get bogged down. And I did say in one of the earlier episodes that like, you know, and I went back and apologized for this because I don't think it was right that I said it, but like that I didn't want to get into this field. I tried to work with African animals for a couple of years because I love them. And I, I went away from the ocean for a while because I didn't want to watch it die. And I was like, well, that's like, I can't have that attitude because if you like for me I feel if you have that attitude you're not going to get anything done and unfortunately things take time you know especially with ocean conservation like success is a process and like which is a quote that I got from somebody else on a podcast that I will release after your episode but you know um it's it takes time and people we live in an instantaneous culture people want happy they're obsessed with happy they're obsessed with now and like marine science doesn't fit that bill for a lot of people oh yeah yeah and i'm i'm totally right there like i i think one reason why i've distanced myself a little bit from marine science is because like i know i'm vegan so i'm not i'm not actively eating fish but like uh yeah i a i didn't want to get a i didn't want to go back to get like a graduate degree like I just didn't want to get my master's that seemed like a lot of work and money and like yeah it just felt like really really sad mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I definitely like um I think that's why one of the reasons why I decided to make like a book um mm-hmm. and like do something that was like fun and happy and not all the fish that I have in the coloring book are endangered like a lot of them are thriving cuttlefish mm-hmm. are going to be fine mm-hmm. like actually Nice. I, from the research that I have done, like cuttlefish are going to be fine. They're going to survive, like, pretty, unless, like, there's, like, nuclear waste put mm-hmm. into the oceans, like, all over the world, like, cuttlefish are going to be fine. They're Amazing. really, really brilliant creatures. So I, like, take heart in that. Um, but going back to the fact that, like, there, there just aren't, like, a lot of, like, POC researchers in this field, um, uh, I think that one huge problem in like conservation science in general is that even though the people who are most affected by climate change and by um, eco-racism and eco-fascism are marginalized people, which are often like queer people of color, um, especially like feminine queer people of color, like um, they're they're not the ones who are going to be funded. And also like, they're also dealing with like a lot of their own trials and tribulations. So it's hard to, you know, we currently huge, I mean, it's all over the news right now, 
in all of their news for like since the 1800s Mm -hmm. uh black lives matter and like it's hard when folks are trying to say that there's funding for animals but then there's not funding for actual people and um, i took a class on this about how like conservation science needs to be inclusive of environmental racism and how we're doing similar things with animals that we're doing with people where we're picking and choosing which animals and which people we think deserve to survive like as a scientific community Mm -hmm. and that's like really and the thing is like there needs to be like intersections between um like social justice movements and like environmental movements because we really are working towards the same thing like being an environmentalist should you should also be actively anti-racist because wanting to uh conserve or um, reconstruct uh damaged environments also has to do with like reducing refugees you know and things like that like and making sure that places like where indigenous folks live like are are still safe and maintained um as well as the animals that live there so i think that um that's like i don't know that's just a little taste of what i've been thinking about when it comes to the conservation community and why like there's like this huge disconnect Mm -hmm. um and it's definitely a lot of like white gatekeeping um these animals really matter but it's like also we should be thinking about how the like if we're conserving this area like who lives there who usually fishes there things like that yeah absolutely no I think you worded that really well and that's a really important point that you bring up that we haven't talked about on here yet I mean not in as much detail um and you know I think that's kind of like one of the things I have personally learned from being queer as far as how that relates to science is like Like, queer people have a lot of strength. Any oppressed group does, you know? Um, But continually, like, pushing those boundaries and making sure that you are inclusive and you speak up for everyone. And, like, you know, I think that being respectful is is another thing that I've learned from queer culture. Because, like, when I picked up the phone, like, the first thing you asked me are, like, what are your pronouns? And, like, to me, that's, like, a symbol of, like, hey, like, I... Like, I see you, like, I want to respect you. And, like, if we had that for all groups of people, that would be great, you know. Um, but we need to we need to, to expand our box because everybody's got different perspectives and has something different to bring to the table just based on life experiences. And, like, from a scientific perspective, we're not getting the full picture if we don't include everyone. So, like, in areas where they don't include Native people who have been exploited, like... those are the only people who are going to know like the true history of that land for hundreds of years like these are the people we should be asking first about how to best conserve their own land like and that's who's getting involved like um and that's who needs to be funded absolutely yeah and that was that is an interesting point that you brought up that they fund the people and not like the animals the animals and not the people and like that's that's something that's a global issue as well because I know when I was in Tanzania I remember there was this one lady we were going out and we were doing um, a climate change study so we were surveying people in the area and like she came up and like she was kind of angry and she had voiced that she was like well like Tanzania like cares more about the animals than the people and they put more money into the animals than the people which for that culture economically makes sense because that's the driving that's where the money comes from but at the same time it's like it has to go back into the community as well 
Um, yeah, that eco-tourism money. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your coloring book for a second. So how did you come to create this? Like, what's in it? And where can people find it if they want to color in your coloring book? Um, okay, so uh, I, in my studies, I realized that a lot of fish that um, are sequentially hermaphroditic, which means they change um, from one sex to the other, mm-hmm. um, uh, they change color as well which is really exciting. That's amazing. Um, and I was like, that should be a coloring book. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a great way for, and who does, I also at the time was like really using coloring books as a coping mechanism mm-hmm. um, to get through my thesis. So I was like, this is a great idea. Like, I know how to draw fish. I already was doing, um, I was already taking care, I was doing this internship where I was taking care of the invertebrate like saltwater tanks and freshwater tanks in the bottom of Mount Holyoke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's just like animal husbandry, me and a bunch of like sponges mm-hmm. and snails. And it was great. And um, I just was like, I had access to like uh, all of the books there um, from this invertebrate like zoologist teacher. And I had access to all these animals that I could just draw and like would be wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was already taking care of them, um, and so I, I spent a, hum, a whole summer doing that. I was also interning. Um, I had a grant for both of these internships. Uh, I was interning at this place called the Eric Carle Museum of Children's Picture Book Art. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like fueling both my <laughs> interests. Um, and that was that was really fun and really great. Um, I love working with kids. I love um, picture book art. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Wiesner. What's his, what's his full name? Uh, David Wiesner, who like uh, does a lot of like marine um, drawings. He had like a whole gallery um, mm-hmm. during that time. So I got I was influenced a lot by his work. Um, and so there's, uh, there's a, I think there's like, I forget how many fish I have in there. Um, I think I have like seven, maybe six. I want to add two more. Um, so I have the stoplight parrotfish, um, which is like already kind of a symbol in parts of the trans community. Um, they create these uh, super males, um, which uh, when there isn't during mating season or just if they're feeling like it, um, female parrotfish will change their reproductive organs to be male mm-hmm. and um, they'll have these huge, like amazing neon colors mm-hmm. that will just come out when after this transition. And that's just pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just, they're just really cool, and there's, like, a whole young adult book kind of about them um, that I read that influenced uh, adding that to the coloring book. Um, there's uh, acorn barnacles, mm-hmm. uh, which are, um, they're, they're both, they, they go back and forth, they, they do all the genders, they, they have the biggest penises to body ratio in um, the animal kingdom, one of the highest. <laughs> Because they have like cute, like very long, very long boys, and uh, they just kind of like skew sperm, and like they're a huge problem for like maritime trade because they get all over ships. 
and they're a totally invasive species, so they're going to be fine. Um, yeah, and one of the pages I haven't added yet is clownfish. Um, I want to do a whole page about how Nemo was wrong and how it could have been way gayer than just having like a fun lesbian friend. Um, so clownfish actually, if the alpha female in the anemone dies, mm-hmm. uh, the largest male, like male in command or whatever will transition to mm-hmm. be the next alpha female will grow in size. Um, so that really should have actually been like a story about like a trans mom looking for her son, mm-hmm. um, which would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been amazing. I feel like that is something like not to say that we couldn't have done it a long time ago, but like, I just feel like people like probably didn't, they, whoever made that movie probably just didn't know that like clownfish are like that. They also just like, I mean, America is not ready. They're not ready. We'll we'll be there. (laughs) Give us 10 years. I think we can get there. Yeah. Um, I mean, they got, like, uh, the way that they swim right, though, which is pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I'm not... I also love Finding Nemo. I'm not totally trashing that movie. It's just, like, kind of wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Don't erase trans women. Yes. Come on, Finding Nemo. Come on, guys. Get it together. Let's... Let's keep it real. Not Pixar or DreamWorks. I don't know. I think it's Pixar. I honestly don't know the difference between the two. I think it's Pixar also, though. They're great. I feel validated in yeah. your vote that it's, it's Pixar. Amazing. Great. Yeah. We're just going to like find out in comments like later. a couple months later. We're going to be like, y'all are so dumb. It's DreamWorks. <laughs> DreamWorks forever. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Luckily, I don't have enough of a, a following right now that people have have left any comments yet. But I'm like, who knows? We'll see where it goes. I'll just learn about all of my mistakes from people on the internet. Love it. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I, do, I don't have a specific place I've gotten it published yet mm-hmm. because I am I I'm not. Yeah, I'll just say it. I'm I'm kind of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, a Virgo, and I want to add two more pages. Uh, I want to add the clownfish one, and I want to add one with ribbon eels, um, which is Ooh. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I I haven't gotten it like published yet. Um, I did a preliminary uh, publishing just for my thesis show, mm-hmm. um, where. It, like we were gonna donate the money, but not enough was made to cover uh, even the printing of it. So okay, all right. So we'll, we'll keep that in mind. It's in the works, but yeah, I feel yeah. you with the perfectionism. I that's something yeah. I struggle with as well, and I've been trying to fight because it's not, it's not attainable. That's not real, um, unfortunately. But I understand where you're coming from. Um, <laughs> Cool. So the last question I always ask people is, what can we learn from the whales? But you don't really know the southern residents. So what can we learn from the cuttlefish or what, whatever fish that you want to you wanna tell us something about? I mean, I, I, did, I, I did take like a, I did help with a like whale conservation study in one of my classes. I do know a little bit. Okay, little whatever bit animal, about. tell us an animal that, that we should learn something from. Okay. Um, God, there's so many. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, like, I think I think something that I have learned from the cuttlefish specifically is mm-hmm. that um, it's okay to be you, and it's okay to be as bright and as shining and as weird looking as you want to be. I feel like a lot of people, especially people in my family and stuff like that, when they first see this animal, they're like, oh, it's really weird looking. Like, mm-hmm. And most people, when they're like, oh, I have a favorite animal, they're like pretty, um, they're cute. And like, I think the cuttlefish is pretty I think cute. they're cute as well, yes. <laughs> um, but they're, they're, a little, uh, they're a little different. And I think that it's totally okay to be that. And I think that you can be unique and beautiful and uh, amazing in your own way and like keep floating on like how you want to like the the cuttlefish doesn't care what other people think like it's just trying to live it's like one year of life and like either blend in or stand out and like that's pretty chill like yeah yeah I think that that's that's really important you know we need more authenticity in the world and the cuttlefish is a good symbol for that you know absolutely um well thank you so much for being on here i super appreciate it thanks for having me i'll uh, send you a copy of my coloring book once it's finished excellent i can't (laughs) wait thanks so much for joining us um nick has offered to share one of their coloring pages with us so i'm going to be posting the cuttlefish coloring page somewhere um probably on social media i'm in the process of revamping the website that'll probably be done At the beginning of July, we'll see. Um, Life is weird and starting to work again. So sorry if I've been behind on some stuff or a little disorganized behind on emails for those of you that have been emailing me. Um, But yeah, thanks so much for listening. Hope you guys have a great week. Find us on all the social medias. Find us on Patreon. Live your best life. Be gay. Do crimes. Maybe don't do crimes. Happy Pride Month. Happy Oracle Month. Okay, goodbye.